Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Uncharted Discussions episode of Empower to Grow uh, podcast. This is your host, Hanan Abasha. I'm still having a very, very personal and very insightful conversation with Dr. Melissa McCreer. Dr. Melissa, thank you for still being here and for having this conversation. I wasn't going to leave in the middle. We've got a lot to talk about. Thank you. Dr. Melissa is a psychologist. She is an emotional eating expert. She's an author and she's a podcast host of Too Much on Her Plate, which is just fascinating from the title. And uh, we were talking in our first episode about the concept of emotional eating and um, kind of revealing our hidden hungers. And I was sharing my personal story. I, you know, as, as you were saying, I think part of our language of how we say, I was like, I'm struggling with my weight all my life. And it's not really about the weight, but I think, and I believe now because I've been on this journey of understanding the root causes and unlayering what's, what's deep down inside is understanding that most of the time my body is literally just kind of manifesting whatever is going through all the stress and all the, you know, all the struggles and all of this. Um, I, yes, I do admit sometimes to the emotional eating, but even going under the knife with gastric band and then reversing it. And I was sharing earlier with you that I didn't get the psychological and mental support that mental health support that was needed to be able not just to go through the operation because it is uh, quite taxing on, on your body and, and, you know, not being able to eat and throwing up most of what I'm eating and all of this. But even my, I call it my residual self-image did not change. The weight was going but when I was looking at the mirror, I was just seeing a fat person. And I'm not seeing what everyone around me was seeing was just I was becoming ill and I was getting to be underweight. But I did have to go through the operation at that point in time in my life. I don't regret it. And that's because I had severe pains from slip discs in my back. Um, we had, um, you know, struggling with fertility issues. We were trying to have our baby did go through IVF after it. And thankfully our miracle happened. We have our son now, but when I went back to reverse that operation, um, the doctor kind of screwed me in the head with another statement. It's like, ah, you won't be able to do it. You'll come back to me. And that actually kind of really kicked me off into the spiral downward spiral of, yeah, sure. Of course, you know, I don't trust me around food. I don't make the right decisions in this going into extreme dieting, going back again and saying, okay, or extreme sports and getting injured all the time because I'm trying to maintain, excuse me, this body image of mine until I started what I call my transformational healing journey about five years ago, where I was really starting to say, okay, hang on a second, time out from everything. Who am I? What do I want? And, you know, how do I want to show up in the world and what's my purpose in everything? And realizing that, my reasons for, I call it shedding the layers of fat rather than losing the weight. Cause I always found it again. <laughs> it doesn't disappear. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hide for too long, but shedding what I call now my security blanket. Cause understanding that my body 
was using the fact to kind of protect me from whatever else is happening. Because I was always, you know, my my survival mechanism, my sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight mode was always on. And um, that was my body's defense system. So now understanding the root causes of it, or still, you know, kind of really unlayering the root causes, but also understanding what's my objective. My objective is to exactly. stay tall yeah. and healthy, you know, as I grow older with our son, um, being there for him physically, mentally, emotionally, as much as I can, um, being able to finally close that gap or that disconnect between who I see in the mirror as a person and how my physical outlook is. So literally it's kind of not just talking the talk, but walking the walk, because I'm all about empowerment, but I'm also, you know, I love empowering women in business, but I also, as a certified health coach, I talk about wellness and happiness and to be able to bring all of this and to embody everything I stand for. These are all elements that we don't talk about enough and we definitely are not conditioned that way. And as you were sharing earlier in, in our first episode was that's not what the diet industry was built up around or, you know, the plastic surgery when it comes to dealing with weight. So there's so much to uncover there, but I would love your thoughts on as well and what you do and and how you've experienced it as well through your patients. Well, you just gave an incredible description of why I do the things in the, in the way that I do. So I talk about two different kinds of mindset. We are steeped, we are marinated in deprivation mentality or diet mentality, right? In you need to be strong, you need to have more willpower, you need to learn to deprive yourself and go without and, you know, be hungry. And, and what I, what I firmly believe is that the real path to freedom from overeating is based on freedom mentality or transformation mentality, to use your words, right? And that's all about the things that you well, you just described a journey from deprivation to to transformation yeah. the deprivation industry teaches us that you start by focusing on the food you get a food plan and you follow it and it's supposed to be very simple and if you're not doing it you go in there and you do it again and you work harder and yeah. if it's emotional eating or stress eating you recognize it and then you knock it off you just don't do it Exactly. And every smart woman like ever on has, the hand. It's like, it's yes, always your fault. Yes. You shouldn't have done that. Don't, don't emotionally eat. Every smart woman ever has rolled their eyes at that advice, but also probably beat themselves up because they don't know what's wrong with them because they can't be strong enough. Exactly. And so, um, when people join, I have a group program called your missing peace. P-E-A-C-E, as in peace with food. When people join that program, just like every other program, we, they are conditioned and want to, for obvious reasons, start with, okay, so how am I going to eat? How am I going to get this weight off? How am I going to control the binging? Like, give me, what's the plan? What's my, and, what's my meal plan? <laughs> yes. What, what am I going to track? What do I need to eliminate? Should I clean out my pantry or, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it, it takes a real, we, we have to really work at the fact that we don't even get to that until the second month of the program, because the first month is all about embracing your power. And finding your power and doing some of the things you just described, like what, what really is your why? Why do you want this? What is the, what is the thing that makes you feel kind of fizzy and excited to think about having that? Because a number on the scale, isn't it? A number on the scale is not your friend. It is arbitrary. It is not predictable. And to, you know, deprivation mentality 
gives that number the power to give you a good day or a bad day to feel good about yourself, to feel bad about yourself, right? Guilt trip yourself. <laughs> Guilt trip yourself. And also to stay, the, the biggest myth of deprivation mentality is that if it's not working, you're not working hard enough. And if you if you think that through, it's basically saying you are on a hamster wheel, run faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are a lot of really smart, capable women running on a hamster wheel thinking if I could just go faster, <laughs> I yeah. would get somewhere. Yeah. Right. And so the key to getting off the hamster wheel is really getting clear on your power and starting to ask smart questions. Like, what do I know about why I'm eating? What do I know about why I just ended up in the kitchen? Yeah. What do I know about why today has felt really challenging and yesterday felt like a breeze? What do, what do I know about what I'm hungry for? What do I know about what I want and what I need? And these are questions that so often busy women skip over. We're so conditioned to be focusing on the to-do list and taking care of other people and putting ourselves last. And so we build up these hungers. And when we don't feel like we have the energy or the time or the bandwidth to deal with them, food is there. Food is easy. Not only is food there and easy, but I think the other piece that that is really seductive for women is that it is so easy to eat and not disappoint anybody else. You can keep doing all the stuff you're doing for everybody, you know, and stop at the drive-through. Yes. Yes. And, and, and the part as well, which, which is very important, which you pointed out to it's, it's not just about the deprivation and it's not just about, you know, you eat right, you exercise. I know because I've tried that too. You know, um, when I walked out of um, the businesses I was building and I said, I'm going to take care of me as I was working on completing my doctoral thesis or study. And um, I said, okay, that's all I'm doing. And now I discovered CrossFit and kickboxing and I was having so much fun with it. And then my fitness pal, of course, the app, and I was tracking my micro and my macronutrients and all of this. And I actually gained 20 kilos in one year, which is what approximately 50 pounds. And I, that's the moment where I stopped and said, the book does not say so. <laughs> the book says you exercise, you eat right, and you lose weight. How am I the only person that is going through that and goes the other way? And this is actually what got me into the health coaching certification is understanding. I'm like, okay, I've got to get the time out to understand what's happening internally. And that's where I started discovering how stress impacts us and how our, you know, our trends and our patterns and our stories and all the limitations and conditioning we've had um, impact our nervous system and how our body reacts to that. So it doesn't matter what you're doing on the outside, if you're not dealing with the inside. And for me, it was also the, the kind of the start of the journey of understanding what are my subjective success parameters and what makes me happy and what, how do I define wellness and all of this? This for me was, was the kickoff of a completely different trajectory of how I had my relationship with food, but also, you know, my health and my happiness. And this is where I started even changing my language. So it was no longer, I don't use the word diet anymore. And I say, I eat for nourishment. I nourish my body because I'm thinking of every cell that goes inside Mm -hmm. um, that it passes by. But even that still, there were other layers and this is what I'm still working to unravel. The other layers of how my body still needs to feel safe to let go of the fat cells, safe to say, 
okay, fine. I'm going to react positively to what you're doing. And this is basically the embodiment of the work you are doing is saying, how do we change not only our language, but our mentality towards food and our relationship with it and look at what are the root causes? Where are our hunger um, kind of areas that we need to address first? And what are, what are the, I can just keep growing this because what are the stories that we are telling ourselves about not just what food is for, but what we are capable of and also what change has to look like yes. because these, these um, the mentality, the diet mentality goes so deep and we, we have these soundtracks in our head where we talk to ourselves 24 seven, right? And we repeat these thoughts and these beliefs at so often and so unconsciously that they start to feel like facts. Yeah. It is very easy for me to sit here and say, hey, there's a reason you're eating and it's not that you're lazy and it's not that you don't have enough willpower, but I will bet you so many people listening to this and, you know, myself on certain occasions, I feel, you know, that idea that if it's not working, I'm not working hard enough mm-hmm. is so embedded. It comes yeah. up and unless we catch it, it takes us in the wrong direction because you cannot be curious and open to growth at the same time that you are stuck in guilt and self-blame. Once you blame yourself, you've already decided, well, I am the problem. The reason is me. So there's nowhere, there's nowhere else to look. And it, it, it actually contributes to you staying stuck on a hamster wheel that isn't going to take you anywhere. That's true. Dr. Melissa, another element of it, which I think is also important because we don't still, again, we don't know how to deal with it is once we get on this journey, once, you know, we get on this journey with you saying, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to find where my hunger areas are or my hunger. Sorry. What did you call them again? I missed that. Hidden hungers, hidden Hidden hungers, hungers. where my hidden hungers are. I'm going to change myself. Now, how do we embody that in a way that does not impact our relationship with others? Because, you know, once we have families and we have friends and you know now you're making different decisions about what you're joining in and what you're saying, I'm not going to be there for this. How do you kind of maneuver around this change and transformation as well without it impacting you negatively and saying, you know what, I give up, fine. We're going to have, you know, the birthday cake, fine. Bring on the big piece or drinks night, whatever it is that could impede your own progress from that perspective. I think it's a dance. And you're absolutely right. We we dance with other people. I do this, you do this. You say this, I say that. We have right. a fight, you do this, I fight this way, we make up. You know, we we have these dances with people, especially the people that we're close to in our lives. And when we change, when I change the way I dance, my partner has to figure out, oh, she's not she's not doing that thing anymore. Like what am I how am I going to respond to that? And so it is a process of change. And sometimes the change reverberates in challenging ways. And I think our brains tend to tell us if I change, mm-hmm. because your brain is trying to protect you from, from change, from danger, from tigers and lions and bears, right? Yep. <laughs> and so, you know, our, our brain tells us it's it's going to be scary, but so many times when we make these changes, and I'm not talking about huge, gigantic changes. In fact, what I hear from people in your missing piece so often is I cannot believe it was the simple things. 
I cannot believe the power of this little change. I have been minimizing that and saying I needed to do more for, you know, 10 years. And if I just, you know, this little thing, just because yeah. I stuck with it, what an impact it has made, um, all sorts of things start to change. And, and, um, I guess what I would do also to answer that question is I think it's very important when you when you start to ask those kinds of questions what will happen to my relationships what will happen to my career what will happen if I if I spend more time taking care of myself to recognize that there's a fear there that may or may not be realistic yeah. to recognize that um our brains like to be big and dramatic and all or nothing. Oh my goodness. All or nothing, which is also perfectionism, which is yeah. a huge root of overeating and emotional eating and yeah. weight and so many other problems we have in life. Right. And, and to, I, I think it's important to play with your thoughts and just ask, but could it be possible? Could it be possible if, if, if I was more myself hmm. that my relationships would be better? Mm -hmm. Um, could it be possible? There's an entire module in your missing piece, which is all about becoming the CEO of your time and energy, because I think that's one of the four pillars of creating freedom from overeating. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear around that. How could I, if I change the way I'm spending my time or energy, I, I won't get the promotion or I, or I will disappoint my kids or my husband will be angry or I won't be working out anymore. Or is it possible I, I work with all sorts of women who have taken their time and energy back and they look at me mystified and they say, I have the same amount of time. Yeah. I'm spending more time taking care of myself and I'm actually getting more done. And I don't really understand the math, but <laughs> you know, is it possible? I didn't have time before and I have and more now, time. I'm doing more <laughs> and I'm doing more. And now I, I do. And it's not magic. But I think our thoughts and our beliefs keep us locked in these very tight, rigid places that are not necessarily soothing or serving us or soothing us. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I know we can go on for a few hours because <laughs> I can't wait. You know, this is one of the topics that I'd love to talk about, but um, I also want to honor your time. If we wrap up with a question of saying for those, like, what would you say for those as we are saying, where the stories are hindering them, saying, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I've got kids and I've got a husband, I can't cook three meals, because I know I've heard that a lot. Or um, it's, you know, this is way beyond me. I've tried every diet before, every blocking story that comes up for us, where, like we were talking about small steps, what would be that first one to three steps that they can take today after listening to us and say, I've got this, I want to do this for me. Well, I think you have to start by untangling the overwhelm and um, it may be self-serving, but I will say one of the easiest ways to do that is to take the hidden hungers quiz. You may be listening and saying, I have all of them. I am so overwhelmed with so many hidden hungers. You may, because they all travel, they travel in packs, but take the free quiz figure out what your primary hidden hunger is quizzes you will, on your website too much it's at too much on her forward slash quiz yeah. take that quiz you will find out the place to start you will get one simple action step and you'll get a bunch of resources that are related to whatever your top hidden hunger is so that is an easy thing to do um the the second i'll teach you a practice that you can do right now which is 
um, the power pause is what I call it. It's a combination of the power pose and the pause. So, you know, you strike a pose that feels powerful. It could be your yoga star pose. It could be wonder woman pause with your pose with your hands on your hips and you're, you know, like a superhero you, because that will change that, that creates a change inside your, your body from, from the physical to the mental, um, strike a power pose and then ask yourself three questions, take a deep breath and ask yourself, what do I know in this moment about what I am feeling? What do I know in this moment about what I need? And what do I know in this moment about what I want? And then do not beat yourself up. If you don't know the answer, Yeah, it's a practice. Yeah. But I guarantee you, you start paying attention to those questions, it will start putting you on a path to feeding yourself what you need and taking your power back. And the thing is, once you, as you take your power back, you deflate the power that food has in your life. That's true. I love that. And I absolutely love the fact that you're a psychologist working on this and we're not talking about diet we're not talking about, you know, um, portions <laughs> control, portion control. We're not talking about all this. We are talking about the power within us to take control again of the power in our life, in, in our relationship with food. I, I think most women know more than enough, more than they ever wanted to know about diet and nutrition and food plans. They could probably write a book. Yeah, right? I know. That's not the place <laughs> to start. Yes, yes. Dr. Melissa, thank you so much. This has been so empowering. I'm going to go and do that hidden hungers test right now, the quiz, just to also make sure that I'm on the track of my empowerment to changing my relationship with food, but more importantly, to regain power in my life in the area where I do feel the weakness every once in a while. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Thank you. Well, I hope you find the power within you once again, and you look at your hidden hungers and you're able to empower yourself to grow in every way possible. As always, I wish you love, abundance, and prosperity, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.